0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Making Waves.
0: It's uh, Wednesday, everyone. Happy uh, was it September? 9th. I can't believe it's already September. We're just that time. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, hey, welcome to Making Waves. This is Making Waves nine. So we are we're moving along here, and um, uh, my name is Justin, and I'm your moderator tonight. And as always, we have our host Chad Nicefield. You guys know Chad. Hello. And Wilson, and also he hosted Shiprock 2019 and going forward or 2020. Guys, it yeah daily? it yeah, always seems really. like here. Anyway, listen guys, we are super stoked um, to present our friend Ben Bruce from Asking Alexandria.
2: Yay. Yes. We're still here. I'm looking forward to this one.
0: I'm Very, alive. Yes. So uh, guys, if you haven't joined us before on Making Waves and this is your first time, if you guys are following along on our Facebook live feed um in the comments section go ahead and ask some questions if you want for ben and we'll get to those and uh other than that i'll chime in from here and there and uh i'm gonna let chad and and ben speak for a while so you guys have at it ben thanks again man we really appreciate your time tonight
2: watch every single question be where'd your hair go
1: yeah (laughs) i
2: was gonna i was gonna jump off i'm gonna beat
1: him to the the punch hey where'd your hair go man
2: ah shit uh i
1: cut it yeah We were just talking before we went live. You're living in not North Carolina, but South Carolina now. And that's a big change, I guess, like, well, you were in Arizona, I think, right, previous? Yeah, I was in Arizona for like five or six years. Not to be the weather guy here, but uh, (laughs) it's quite the different type of uh, hot, right? That humidity over there. Are you
2: used to that yet? You, You can at least live and breathe in this kind of hot. Arizona, I was charring. I was charring. I was getting to be well done. I, I didn't know how much longer I had left. I was drying up. My hands were all cracked. I was like, we got to go. I haven't yeah. seen it in years. <laughs>
1: Seriously, are we, well, like, as a guitar player, this sounds kind of cheesy, but I, I would imagine when you're you know, just out in the middle of the desert by yourself, like just ripping a tasty solo, that can kind of be a little bit cumbersome for you.
2: Yeah, but it would be one of those cool things like in the, at the end of a Marvel movie or something, I'd be playing and just be blown away in the wind as, as <laughs> dust particles and ash and there'd be nothing left but my guitar in the desert. What happened? Oh, get... Arizona heat. Yeah, you got me again. Another one hits the dust. <laughs>
1: <laughs> our oh, bites the dust, I suppose, right? Hey, uh, <laughs> I wanted to start this off by talking about locations. Um, we're in this funky time, you know, and... Uh, here we are being able to talk to each other. And on the other side of this, there's a whole screen of people that have tuned in are watching us do this. And this new tech, fangled technology has allowed us to really wrap things outside of this, like make records uh, all around the world. Uh, with that being said, I know that you probably made the last record, which by the way rules, not during quarantine, quarantine times. But I'd like to talk a little bit about what it's like in these particular situations, A, not being able to hit the road with your dudes really push the record and indeed communicating and keeping up with each other's like regular schedules as well as like creating uh, remotely
2: um it's hard it, it's really difficult and you know what to begin with it was really upsetting actually like we'd spent so long getting to this point our entire careers apparently <laughs> um but, and we finally felt like we'd hit our stride and we'd spent all of 2019 Um, and I think 18 pretty much in like arenas and doing huge festival slots. And we were like, okay, we're doing this. There was so much momentum. We worked so hard. We did this album. We'd uh, booked our tour, our headline tour. And it was our first headline tour in a long time because like I said, we spent a lot of time uh, supporting on the self-titled album. And so we were excited to get back out there and headline again. The tour was just selling out, left, right, and center. We were adding second dates, adding third dates. And I was like, "This is insane!" Like, we were stoked, and then it all got taken away. Yeah, and I, I actually remember when my manager called me, and uh, it's going to sound silly, but I actually I really had to try really hard to not just cry on the phone when he told me because we uh, we were just so hopeful that it was going to pass, and obviously, no one could have could have guessed. Well I say no one, I'm sure there are scientists warning us for years about this, but we ignored them and uh, yeah, it was just it was devastating. So we were like, Okay, so we'll just sit and wait it out and then you fast forward to it's the end of the year nearly, you know. And we're still all sat here waiting it out. So we don't even know what's gonna what's gonna happen. So I don't know, I don't know. I don't know when is coming back. People say summer, people say spring, people say fall. I just who knows? Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, 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 crafty, it's uh,
0: right? Yeah, it's coming back May 9th, 2021, when we uh, do <laughs> share. <There> <laughs> <you> <laughs> it's coming go. back. And and that's awesome. our invite.
1: <laughs>
0: it, it's in, it's yeah. in the mail. Yeah, you, <laughs>
2: uh, you, USPS. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
1: oh, sorry. It's
2: a floor <laughs> in a parking lot in California somewhere, then. From Correct. The... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, behind that door, I picked them
1: all up. Uh, so, when you guys, when you guys made the record, were you all living together, or at least closer? I guess, in proximity with Arizona being where you're at. And I don't,
2: I don't. Where's everybody else at? In the, currently, uh, no. Actually, I, I was in Arizona. Cam is in Arizona. James is in Arizona. Sam is in Arizona. Danny is in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh uh <laughs> 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 But you know. I have no idea why he was there. It's not even where he is. How does, a, how does a
0: band from York, England, all wind up in, uh, in the U.S. living and, and, and having families and such? Uh,
1: well, especially in Arizona. I would assume that that wasn't where you originally implemented yourself into, right? Like, how did you get from York starting
2: a band to the States and then subsequently in Arizona? Um, we actually, when we first came out, we went to uh, New Jersey because... Oh. We came out and we were like, okay, tri-state area, you know? So there was, we had Philly, we had New York, we had Jersey, we could get to to PA and it was like, okay, this seems like the smart move. Um, So that's where we actually flew into and we realized we had nowhere to go. So my parents bought us an RV that we lived in, uh, in a Walmart parking lot for months, uh, just trying to get on local shows and, and stuff. And we gradually migrated and, and, uh, went elsewhere and now we are where we're at. And it's funny because I just left Arizona, like I said, about five five weeks ago now. Um, and then apparently then everyone decided to leave. So James was like, oh, well, if you're leaving, I'm leaving. So James leaves in like two days to go to Texas. And Sam, our bass player was like, oh, well, if you're leaving, I'm leaving too. And he's packed up and he's moving back to England wow oh wow okay. well, that's a yeah, so big that's like yeah that's that's the outlier yeah. so now yeah. we don't know what we're gonna do when touring comes back we'll be like oh well we can't we don't know where we live yeah
1: <laughs> maybe maybe so maybe you can hit your mom up with that rv loan again that'd be a that'd be a now, blast in the past it RV be... has to be somewhere
2: we don't know where it is by the way really what what do you mean we don't know where it is it, like it's, it's on where ebay where's my car situation or what Pretty much, yeah, no, I just, we had the RV for years, and um, our old manager at the time, he owns a bus company, and we still use his buses uh, when we go out on tour, and I went to the bus yard about, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, because uh, to get to Charleston, I didn't want to put my family on a, on a plane during the pandemic, so I got a tour bus cross-country, and I was walking through the yard, so and I was like, fucking awesome, Sorry, great. this is awesome. great, uh, and I was like, where's our RV, dude? And he was like, Oh, I don't know. And I was like so <laughs> You've lost it then. And he was like, I guess. And I was like, Okay. It's
1: gone. That, that's so like that was just that was the end of the conversation. And then okay. he was like,
2: Here's the keys, dude. Wow. Yeah, that was the end of the conversation. I was like, Alright, we've not we've not stepped foot in that thing for like when did we start touring in a bus? Two thousand ten. We've not We've not stepped foot in it for a decade, so who knows where it is? Wow,
1: what what if it what if, if it ends up being like a like a meth lab, uh, like a, that show or I whatever somewhere? I the one on Breaking Bad. I, <laughs> I to like, say yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, Saul's living in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's quite. I didn't know that about the band. Hey Ben, I've got a really good quick question from uh, one of our ship rockers, Monica, and just talking with you now on these stories, and, and I've noticed that witnessing and seeing you guys plenty of times live, there's a lot of great banter with you guys on stage. Has it always
2: been kind of a, a comedy troupe with you, Bunch? Uh, Pretty much. I think it's just... I, I, it's going to sound silly. I think it's an English thing. I don't think we don't really know how to be nice to each other. So you just talk <laughs> shit and the demeanor you are to each other, the more you like each other. And that ended up just translating on stage. And then obviously we love our fans too. So they get brought into it all. And uh, some people think we're being dicks, but really it's endearing, I think and yeah. we're welcoming you into our, our rat pack. Oh, it's
0: that wonderful black
2: humor. <laughs> <Yeah>. gotta, <laughs> love so gotta, gotta, gotta love Gotta
1: that. Yeah, I've seen the band so many times. In fact, my venues hosted you guys back in Detroit um, a bunch over the years. I've, I watch it. You know, I, I love just being a fly on the wall and listening. You know, brother, you know, I even existed at that point. Like, I'm like, these guys are funny. But, like, I see your inclusion <laughs> in that humor with your fans. These guys and are hilarious.
2: They
1: suck. Yeah. Music though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it should really just start a variety show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, really, guys are, not only do you, you, you are funny, you're talented musicians, but you wrap it all into a little package and then invite your fans into the world that you've created, which is part of the reason I would say as a fan of your band that I've I've paid attention to the entirety of your your rise from that point where you're playing in my clubs, you know, to 500 cap rooms all the way to arenas, like you said, that ch- hasn't really changed. And whether that's an English thing or not, I wanted to at least... To at least touch on this, the the fact that you, it's an inclusive thing. It's not like you're like, "Fuck you guys in the front row for buying the front row tickets. You know, like
2: it's what they want. It's such yeah. an important thing that we've we've always uh, we've been addressed like by labels and managers and stuff from time to time in our careers. Like, okay, it's time to time to stop that now. And it's like, but it's supposed to be fun, you know. And it's supposed to be a show, and it's really helped a lot over the years when. I mean, as you know, the, the shows don't always run smoothly. There's technical difficulties. PAs go down. You know, strings aren't being played. Click tracks that are supposed to be going in your ear come out the PA. And all sorts <laughs> of things can happen. You know? and, and when that yeah. happens, a lot of bands go. Yeah. And then they walk off stage, and that's it. And the shows, everyone's left looking, waiting, and you just wait for the show. For us, and it's happened a lot of times, me and Danny go, oh, okay. Well, now it's time to be comedians, our true passion. And yeah. we'll just turn the whole thing into a joke. we we'll fun. And I think it's important to do, because you, you go to a show to have a, a, a good time, right? You, you want to go home and go, that was great. You don't want to go home and go, well, I sat in the crowd for 40 minutes while they fixed a the problem.
1: You know, yeah. I, it's just- Barely got a boner. You know? happened
2: to us. We were headlining the second stage at Rockham, Rockham Ring in Germany, and it was a, a massive, it was an arena packed, Filled with people, and it was so. It was at two a.m. Such a stupid time to have to play. So stupid, in fact. We went to bed and woke up (laughs) to play the show, but it was late, and I was like, "Oh no!" And and the last thing you want at two o'clock in the morning when there's an arena filled with people that have been raging drugs and alcohol all day is for the PA to go down, but the PA went down. And I was like, how has the PA gone down on the last band of the night or the first band of today, really? How has this happened now? But it did. And we were able to, uh, to get through it by being dicks to each other. I mean, and in that moment is what you, like
1: you just said. It's what they, they want to the show. Like, Regardless of this, the music, can, it's how you respond, right? That's, yeah. that's what it really comes down to. And your personality—the one thing you see a lot in, specifically our space, like the rock space—is it's really hard to find that personality inside of the music in general. When you have like more to offer than just like check out these songs, I'm, you know, we're all multi. Every person, not just musicians, but everybody is are multi layers of an. And you guys have been able to carry those layers around with you, and subsequently.
2: I think we don't think think we're rock stars. I think that's a big thing. Like, a lot of people in the rock industry, they take it very seriously. Not that we don't. We take our career very seriously, obviously, but not that seriously. Like, we're so lucky to be able to go on stage and play music for people. Like, you don't have to be really uptight about it. Like, if you fuck up, it's okay. It's all right. Like, we'll never get mad at 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 James, the drummer, for fucking up. In fact... (laughs) it's always the drummer we find a drummer yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so everybody stops and just looks right there you know uh, <laughs> but he fucks up and we'll tell everyone i'll stop this the song most fans are like oh, so just keep going i'm like whoa, whoa 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 everything stops i'm like sorry james has fucked everything up and i'll put him on the spot i'm like you owe them a drum solo and he's like what and i'm like See ya. At least. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Time to make up for your mistakes. That's uh, awesome. Anyway, well, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, it's <laughs> like, remind the remind the label people, industry people, that England created humor, so it's in your blood already. So you, it's no fault of your own. It's not It's like already intrinsically that. there. It's my dad's fault. Yeah, yeah fuck but that guy. It, his dad's fault.
1: <laughs> That's right,
0: <laughs> Monica. My, my I hope, hope you got your answer out there. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Humor, hey Monica. I, thanks for the question. Yeah, so sorry. we Monica. Uh, Humor is a, a massive part of the show and and these guys' personalities. So, yeah. Thank you for asking the question, Ben. Thanks for answering. We appreciate it. I didn't realize. And that. it just goes as yeah.
1: It just goes. We're still. In the same <laughs> I mean, I'm like looking at these current like activities right now with this. I mean, what do you have, Like the antisocialists is still in the top ten on active rock which is marks like what you have like five or six or seven songs that have now crossed that threshold from going from like this place in york like we just said to now implemented here carrying all of that along now you're able to head into those professional areas like active rock. how does that feel when you step on those stage when you know exactly who you are coming from a band like wilson who shares the same ethos as you when you walk on the stage of like Pure perfect production and you're like i'm probably gonna shit my pants tonight like but knowing you have the accolades to be, to back that up how does that in, in you know inform you guys what decisions to be making on your next record sure? it,
2: you know it's that's something we've been talking about a lot lately and it's in the beginning of your career it's it's quite difficult i think when you're when you're around sort of like album two or th- even three it's like okay what do we do for the, for the set. What do we do live? What, what are the best songs going to be live? And then once you get to our position where we're six albums deep, the set's kind of written for you because you have you've, you've the, the, the proofs there, it's done. You've written the songs that have reacted and you know what you're doing. So it kind of makes it easier. But at the same time, it's like I, I get really upset about it because I'm, I'm the main songwriter in the band. And for, as a, for instance, on our self titled, the one right before this one, there's a song called Hopelessly Hopeful. And I was like, this is the best song I've ever written. I love this song. And it never got taken to radio, which means it doesn't exist in this world. You know what I mean? It never got serviced as a single. So I'm like, oh, I put so much time and effort into that. And I wish people um, could hear it. And then I go and look on Spotify and it's still, it's had like tens of millions of of streams. And I'm like, hang on a minute, that's done that all by itself. Maybe we should throw that into the set, but people just, it's, it, it gets difficult again this far in, but in a completely different way because you kind of almost expected to, you have to play the hits. Hits. We haven't had any yeah. hits. Uh, not Metallica. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, clearly, I mean, dude, dude, you have millions and millions and millions of streams. I mean, they're hits. Whether it's considered by yeah. uh, a radio station to be a hit, it doesn't fucking matter, man. It's the fans that, that drive... Drive the the, bar, the barometers.
0: No, well, you guys are eleven years in your career, and this newest album is your strongest one yet. As far as if we're looking at a uh, a marketable uh, expansion of how it's done, and, and the singles off it, and the videos, and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, you can basically go out and play this album in its entirety, and
2: that's your set. That was the that was the. We were never going to do a whole set of just this album, but we wrote every song in this album to be in its best light live like we and that's what's so frustrating about this pandemic is we've specifically wrote this album from start to finish with the live show in mind it's like this is going to happen during this bit live this is going to happen here people are going to sing here and we, we've not got to do that which is uh it's upsetting but the funny thing is about about that the, the, the uh, this is i mean for all intents and purposes this is uh, one of our, our, our if not our most successful full record to date but you still get people online that go i like your old stuff better which is fine that's fair like obviously i've got albums like that that i love and it's it's all about nostalgia and how that album made you feel in a certain point in your life so i get it but people then start to look at like they'll google sales and stuff like look this album has sold this much and this one's only sold this it's like no one buys records anymore, Matt. But so people have this this ammunition, they think, to come at you and like, see, you suck ass now. No one's buying your albums. You got to go, shit, <laughs> it's like, hey, dude. Stop bullying me, when we're mean, it's funny. You're just mean. Yeah, yeah. also, but look at it this way. Wait, I Sorry. Th- I
1: think about this. Sorry. <laughs> I, but I think it, like, So exactly. spot on. It's so fucking frustrating, right? I can only see what you're talking because I'm not in this position. With you. My band's defunct, but I do know that what I took away from our last record, as from my band, which was complete complete separation from what our band completely separated from what our band used to be known for the mental health side of our band, because we wanted that part of us that was hidden away in the shadows to come to light—the humor, the yeah. existence of who we are as people. That record, though maybe wasn't as commercially as large it as some of our past would have been on radio, the streaming numbers and the reaction and the sales that we know about is bigger than ever. And that's yeah. because the world that you've built and that you've encompassed, if there's no more, often, no, no, nothing more than nothing bigger to drive your brand than your authenticity. And you yeah. guys are
2: that through and through, you know um, with that's that being, I don't know if you can. So people, people say like, oh, you've sold out because you don't sound like you did when you started. But to me, it's, it's the exact opposite. i try and I'm trying to explain that to people. This is what we've done is the opposite of selling out because mm-hmm. if we were to sell out, what we would do is we would go back to the records that started our career and we would regurgitate that for the sake of it because we know it, we know, well, it's worked once, so we'll do it again. And we'll keep doing it because that way people will keep buying it and we'll make more money. And that's that's what selling out is to me it's making a product making music making art with the sole intentions of continuing to bring that money in of something you've already done as an artist i want to keep creating new music and you know what you're going to lose fans along the way but with each record you'll lose fans and you'll your new fans will discover you and it can go back and forth. Sometimes you get bigger, sometimes you get smaller. But I think like you just said, so long as you're staying authentic and true to yourself and you're enjoying yourself and putting yourself into music, there's always an audience for that. There's always people that will connect with it and that's all that matters. And then there's some people that just, it's like, I I, I spoke to to Rob Flynn uh, a few weeks ago about Machine Head and I was like, honestly, dude, I stopped listening to Machine Head a little while ago. My favorite records of Machine Head are the older ones Burning Red? Yeah, you know what I mean? Burning Red <laughs> or even like, uh, mm. Ashes mm. to Empires or even or I loved that when it came out, even though everyone was like, what the fuck is this? I thought it was great. Mm. And, I, mm-hmm. and I was saying to him, it's not because your band's not still great, because actually the new single they came out with Circle the Drain, I heard it and I got really excited. I was like, this is fucking dope. And i was explaining to him it's not because your band ever became less good or i didn't appreciate it as much but it's because those records at that time in my life i needed them they came at the right time and i listened to them and i connected with them in such a way that they will forever be special to me no matter what you bring and guess what your new albums well for me i didn't get that connection with them because those were mine there's so many new people that have that same connection with these other records and people just don't realize that and they want to pick artists apart um for like people say this thing now too they're like i hate when artists say that that it's growth what what do you mean you hate when artists say it's growth it is growth you grow as a a human being you grow and you change and you're, you're you're not the same like Fuck me, if we were the same, I'd still be shaking my pants and my mom would be wiping my ass. She yeah. doesn't do that anymore. She thinks it's disgusting. So, yeah. You've you tried, know. right? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, ben you,
1: brought
2: up, ben, you brought up a good point before we
0: started this conversation. And I, you, you talked about like, you running into someone in the grocery store or whatever. And you're like, oh, I loved you in high school. You were a yeah. great person. And it's just like, you know, everything changes. Like that, the unfortunate thing is you mentioned is like people want you to do that first album. The truth of the matter is, as soon as you do that, those, the people who enjoyed your first album have probably moved on to something at this point. they moved on to another band or probably stopped listening to music or gone to another direction. So you'd be making it, quite honestly, for no one, and certainly yeah. if not for yourself. Not
2: for us, so why do yeah. it? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, that was something else I said to Rob, too. I was like, we could, as, as artists, regurgitate that first album perfectly because I'm the one that wrote it. I could rewrite it. And those people that want that album, that sound back, they'll hear it and they'll go, well, this isn't as good. Well, of course it's not because it's not genuine. That's not the way I feel now. And they won't have that same connection with it because, again, it's that album at that time in their life is why they love it so much because it was that album that got them through breakups and deaths and whatever whatever hardships they were going through. That's, that's what that album was there for. If I regurgitate it now... You're going to hear it, and it's going to sound similar, but you won't get the same emotions from it.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, dude, you just you moved me just talking about it because I can see that you're passionate about what you're creating and what you're doing uh, and every step of the way. The idea of what you just said is subjective. People, Music is subjective. That yeah. time and place is all that matters. You have something. You have a connection with someone. That person has a connection with your band, and you have a connection with them because it happens. It doesn't have to happen. It's not supposed to happen. Human nature is not supposed to be designed that way. Yeah. When you force it, you're essentially causing more risks than yeah. really need to be there. And you're, you're like you said, like you made that same record again. You're not... That listener is not the same person mentally no. as they were when they heard that record. All their experiences have happened in their lives. They didn't live the same Groundhog Day, Phil Murray style all over again every single time single day until that came out, you know? So it's just... It's 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 disheartening, and I understand what you're saying. However, on the flip side of it, when you see the when you see any sort of effort put into like I wish it was like your old stuff, that's a win. That took more effort for them to just say pass and not yeah. talk about it ever again than it would have been than anything. So you you got their attention, and subsequently you pissed off some they off somebody else who loves it, and they're going to
2: talk. My favorite thing to do, and it's a similar thing, is that like we've done tours that like with like Slayer and stuff where it's like whoa this is kind of scary <laughs> you know and we've seen people front row just like yeah and my favorite thing to do is go it's okay dude you're gonna be good we're done soon Slayer will be on after us you're gonna make it through and as soon as you give them interaction and you don't go oh yeah you see so many bands like fuck you dude fuck you they love that they're like oh yeah this fucking guy fuck as soon as you're nice and you're like hey dude I can tell we're not your fucking cup of tea, but we'll be done soon. Chill. Go get a beer. You'll be fine. They go, oh, man, why was I being a dick? All right. And then they'll get into it. And by the end of the show, they're like,
0: yeah. It's it's funny, Ben. You really did strike a chord when you were talking about you writing for yourself. Because a lot of people here are mentioning how they're stoked about the new music you're presenting and how organic it is and that you're being true to yourself. So it strikes a chord with even your fans now. They're not, like, wishing for you from – they're not wanting to stand up and scream again. They're wanting what you are doing now.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, also- that's, and that's the beautiful thing, too. It's always, yeah. like, it's the few that are the loudest. That the, it's the few keyboard warriors, but I know that most of our fans aren't that way. And you know what? I meet so many fans, too, where um, – it's funny. I, it's it's uh, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so me and my wife have been blowing up balloons every all day, so we didn't want to cook. <laughs> so we ordered Domino's, and the Domino's guy came, and uh, – he was stoked that it was me. He was like, oh my God. And he was like, I just want to let you know, dude, you like shaped my childhood. And I was like, where's this going? And he was like, you were there for me when when my parents weren't, when my friends weren't. And I just want you to know that those, those first albums really changed me as a person. And then he carried on to say, I've grown with you. Like I've got older with you guys. And I, I love what you're doing today just as much as what you were doing back then because he's grown, he's changed as a person. He's not... You know going through a rebellious adolescent phase anymore he's in a different part of his life and and i know that for us as a band most of our fans feel that way because they have grown with us and if if we hadn't grown and we'd stayed the same like you said a lot of our fans would have grown up and and moved on you know which yeah. is always a shame it's nice to be like, look at metallica they've they've grown they've, their discography is is widely different from start to finish you know and, and i think it's so awesome that, that a band of that size can do that. Even, like, to me, one of my favorite Metallica albums is, don't get mad, St. Anger. I love that oh, album yeah. so much. And everyone was like, fuck <laughs> this album. Do you hear the snare? I'm like, have you listened to the lyrics? <laughs> like, the lyrics to all the people. People are talking yeah. about
0: the snare drum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know they're nitpicking. I mean, hey, did that guy hook you up with Double Sausage? What? <laughs> the, the, the pizza guy. Oh. <laughs> I was like I oh oh. was kind of oh, going on, man <laughs> i do like... not want to do that Hey, listen real quick, Before you get on I Your new subject If you do talk to Rob Flynn again If they want to do the, uh, the the Blackening 2 Ain't going to be mad at him. Great yeah. record too
2: Yeah that is uh, a great record. They're a great band they're one, they're one of the first Really heavy bands I, I saw as a child When they came to Dubai And I was like I was blown. They they uh they started the set with Imperium, and I was just like, my face was blown completely off. I had to regrow this after that set. It was, it That's was awesome, <laughs> dude. You just okay. So perfect segue here because I have a
1: question about Dubai and starting. You started being a musician, essentially your exploration into what this has all become. Yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong. This started in Dubai, and, and, and can I ask you like, what's up with like how? Were you born and your family's from Dubai like how did this all come to one and then starting a band there did you actually have other people you're playing with like
2: what was that like dude um i was so basically everyone always asks well, were your parents in the military if you went to the middle east and actually my dad's in advertising and when i was uh, i was born in england my like my whole family heritage is british as far back as anyone's been able to ever find and, um, I was born in England and my sister was born in England and I got, I was five years old and my dad got made redundant. Um, and my parents were super young. My mom was like 20 when she had me. Uh, so my mom's, my parents like tw- 25 years old, they've got a five-year-old, they've got a three-year-old. My dad's got no job, but living in South London, super expensive. Um, and he just didn't know what to do and he got offered a job in Dubai. And because back then this was, this was 1993, something like that. Dubai Dubai was nothing you know so when he got asked to go out there the 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 price that came with it was hefty it was a really big raise for him uh, because people didn't want to go and live out there then so he was like okay it's tax-free he got offered a lot of money he was like I I can give my family a better quality of life moving and everyone was like you're crazy And my dad was like I have to do it for my family so we did it and we moved to Dubai and I got to watch this incredible city grow from, when we got there, there was one main road, Sheikh Zayed Road, it was one highway. There was one building at the end of it and another building all the way at the other end, which happened to be a Hard Rock Cafe. Um, and you could see them both. like So you could see each end of Dubai. And there were no skyscrapers, nothing. And So I grew up there. But a lot of the people there were expats too. So there was a lot of Americans, English, Australian, uh, South American, South American, South African, Uh, Filipinos, Indians—it was like a melting pot, and obviously the locals and everyone just kind of meshed and melded into one. So all these different cultures started uh, coming into play and everything. Like I genuinely didn't even know racism was a thing until I left home and moved back to England. I I just had no—I'd never heard of it. It sounds absurd, and people don't believe me, but I'd never ever even heard of, of, of racism. Yeah. And so growing up, you know, I I was super into music and because you, you're friends with everyone, all these different kinds of music start being thrown at you and I just fell in love with everything. I, I love all kinds of music. And, and so I just picked up a guitar mm-hmm. and and uh i used to skip classes at school and just be like oh i'm gonna go and sit in the music department and i just taught myself to play guitar and there were so many friends that that did the same and they would teach themselves drums and so we started a band and then it became super apparent that metal was just huge over there metal and rock so there were all these underground rock shows going on that kids would organize and they'd like they'd get money from mom and dad and like oh i need this money to put on an event and they would like rent an ice rink and and put on a show and they were just old school flyers like put them around all the schools and people would turn up so we made a band and we're playing shows in in dubai these underground shows in front of like a thousand people each time you play and so i grew up thinking that was normal yeah. and, <laughs> and i was like this yeah. whole thing is easy look at all, these yeah. people, all this music and then we got older and uh my, my band in dubai asking like, we were still called asking Alexandria. it was all different people Oh, really yeah yeah it was all different Holy people. Shit, okay and we got signed and i was like sweet we got signed to a label in england and we moved back to England, we are like, we're gonna go on tour, and the label was like, yeah, here's your, here's your debut album, you're going on tour. And we got to England all super stoked, we bought a van, and uh, we turned up, we did our tour, and literally, some nights, I shit you not, zero people. Zero people, yeah. were there, and we had to play, otherwise we weren't getting paid. And so we'd play in front of zero people, or two people, or if it was a really good night, maybe fucking 10 people. Keep in mind, the Beatles
0: did that at the Star Club in Hamburg. They played to nobody. So you're in good company.
2: Well, yeah, but did they start <laughs> off playing to a thousand people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when that happened, all of the rest of my band went, dude, this sucks. And I was like, yeah. no, it doesn't. It's <laughs> character building. And they were like, no, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> and everyone left. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm all on my own um i can't be the only one turning up to these empty rooms that would be really embarrassing and so that's when this version kind of formed i met danny uh online you know we just was were talking and he introduced me to cam and sam and james and the rest is oh. history and then we instead of touring the uk i was like hey guys it's no good no one turns up we got to go to the states that's where all the fans are so we went straight to the states we'd never played a show we'd never done anything and it turns out it's the same here no one turned up so it's a lot of a lot of hard work and, and uh dedication it's okay it's so real, just, yeah, sorry. I,
0: i'm sorry i just want to get to a question from one of the from mm-hmm. one of the ship yeah. rockers jennifer is asking now you're talking about your origins what were the artists that kind of like inspired you to want to become a musician
2: Oh if I'm being really honest, sure. Greece. But if I'm not being honest, I'll say Metallica because that's way cooler. But uh, no, this going with the Greece. First one? Going Greece. Yeah. Like yeah, the movie. Like, the the film? yeah, the movie. The movie. My mom. My mom said she knew from the age of like two that I was going to be a musician. I guess. uh I guess my granddad had an old wooden, like, so really old wooden tennis racket. And my mom said when I was two, I used to just stand in front of the television with grease on and just strum this, this racket. And oh from God. that, they started taking me to like musicals in, in London at the West End. Like I would I'd go and see Phantom of the Opera and, and all these different musicals uh, um, and Cats and all these Andrew Lloyd Webber things. And I just fell in love with music that way. Uh, and so I, I just had always loved music, but it was Metallica that made me go, oh, this is what I want to do forever. It was, uh, I remember the riff, it was Through the Never. I, I, I put wow. Through the Never on and that riff came on, to get it, to get it, to get it. And I was just like, <sighs> <sighs> like something in me changed. And I remember, I was, so, I was still so young. I heard the side. Now I I I was jumping on my bed. I couldn't help myself. I was like, oh my god And my mom comes bursting like what are you doing? The music's like shaking the house. I was like, I have no idea, but it's amazing. And uh, I was like, this is it. I'm doing this forever. This the way the guitar riff made me feel, that's what I want to do for for other people and and that was that. That's yeah, awesome, Jennifer, man. there you go. But I, I love the, the Grease thing because
0: uh, a few weeks ago, Chad and I, we had Burton Bell from Fear Factory on and the first thing, and the thing that got him into music was Air Supply. Oh, there you go. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, and seriously, it's, it's, you know, you see these Great. heavy rockers and you're like, oh, yeah, they're probably super like whatever, like Metallica. And then you throw that at them and they're like, okay. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, we all start somewhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, dude, so... This whole world in Dubai, like the, to suck the cool right out, as if you will, when you go back home and you're like thinking it's going to be everything. This is your fucking first place, like first band. I, I came from a small town and I rented halls. I don't know if you guys had that in in uh, London at all. Would be like a, I'm trying to think of what like BFW halls and you know uh, different. Yeah, and I bring the sound. I, I earned everything I could could. Uh, could earn to purchase a sound system and I'd throw my own shows and i could charge $3 cover and put out the old school flyers. Yeah. So well, so well attended. Small town, every time we did a the show, there's probably like, you know, a couple hundred people, 400, 500, something like that. Just and then I played a a, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I played my first venue, like outside of my shitty town in like the major city, uh, going to play like with some other local bands, you know, like we swapped a show and I had like 500 people on my show and we show up there and it's just the bands. You know, and that, Sort of just keep.
2: It's like and, it's and, and and all of their instruments out. around the the circumference, the perimeter of the venue. It's just even worse. You like, oh, <laughs> can <great. laughs>
1: you can see like the drum rack, and you are like, why do you need that? You don't even need that drum rack. Oh Someone's- my god,
2: our drummer had one too. And you know what the worst <laughs> part is? This massive drum rack. Our drummer was left-handed. Whatever that means, oh. a drum kit. Come on, dude. Yeah. It, a left-handed drummer. So we always got put on last. So I was like, yeah. Because everyone would share a kit, and we'd have to switch it around. It's so like, oh, you guys can go on at 1 o'clock in the morning. Great. Thanks, Andy. Ah. <laughs> it, but, but let, that thanks, said it's like, it, it,
1: like cuts the fucking, it cuts the fat out of the fucking meat. When, when you know like that you want to do this thing, because you clearly have been doing it for the longest of your band, A. B, you went through all of these highs and lows, and it separates, it, it's shitty to say, but it, it separates, maybe let, let me put it a little bit uh, in a brighter way. People want to do certain things with their lives. Some things are more romantic, like the idea of being a rock star. And if you can't suffer through eating the dry ramen, playing to nobody, sleeping on a floor of, you know, wherever, for me it was like on parking blocks for years, you know, if you can't handle that, then this isn't, a, isn't the thing for you. you and then there's no problem with that, but just please let us know for the people who it is the thing for we, we don't end up. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's crazy to hear about that exists even in places like, well, Dubai. Not really, because it sounds awesome. But like the, I think about the UK and, our room, and I romanticize
2: about it when I'm younger. I'm like, oh man, there's probably so many more people at shows there, you know. Uh, just to clarify, more than zero people turn up when we play in England now. Thank you. Yeah. Really. Oh, <laughs> <both faces laughs> <other faces. laughs> just so the promoters know, hey, they do yeah, show up. Just, <laughs>
0: So yeah, hey, I wanted uh, to ask you. About, sorry, another no, question. No, I, I was going to pull a question uh, from someone. Uh, Joseph want to know, and this is kind of just away from music. Is there, he wants to know? Do you have aspirations outside of music?
2: Um. Genuinely, I hadn't had any. My, music was my entire life and me, reason for living and breathing. And then I, I've, I've dabbled in acting. I fell into that by accident, and I actually really do enjoy it. It's another way for me to be creative, but it's not, I'm not comfortable with it, so it's still scary. Music used to really scare me, and doesn't anymore. I'm very comfortable doing music. I still love it, but it's not scary. Acting super scary still, I I know I'm still garbage at acting. So it's fun to go and push yourself. But honestly, I kind of, since I've had kids, nothing else has really sparked my interest at all other than there's even been points now having kids where I'm like, man, maybe I should stop doing music. Like that's how passionate I am about being a dad. I hate, I hate going away. And, And actually everyone's super upset about this pandemic. It's kind of been a blessing in disguise for me. I've never got to spend this much time at home with my family and my kids and my daughters. Like, she's changed so much, and I'm like, wow. It just makes, it makes me so happy to be here and experience that, but it makes me really sad too, knowing all of this change that I've just experienced in this year that I've missed, all, that, all those other changes, being on the road. So that, that's my biggest aspiration now is just to be the best dad in the world. And I'm still trying to figure out what that means and what I have to do to to do that, you know? Was your what acting things? was that
0: for the movie American Satan?
2: That was my acting uh, debut. Yeah. What What this frightened you been about here, that? Right. Oh, sorry. What
0: frightened <laughs> about it? Yeah, we. Had, we had, I'm on. T- i tying it into another question from Ashley. Oh. If you want to know what uh, you know your experience on that film,
2: I walked on set and. I just flew in and I got picked up from the airport and I walked on set and I'm like, okay, your first scene is now. I was like, really, I can't now? Cool. Uh, I was on tour when I was supposed to be learning the lines. So I didn't learn any of my lines. And I got in this room and when you walk on stage, there's people there, unless it's early on and you're in England, there's normally people there making noise and they're like, ah, this is great. And you're like, yes. And you feel off that energy. Here it's action. And there's hundreds of people there silent, watching you, filming you, waiting for you to do, in my case, anything at all. But I couldn't even speak. I was like, I got got nothing. I got nothing yeah why i I couldn't even say i I couldn't even say line i just kept saying water over and over again i was like water what do you want to say and i'm like water Water." (laughs) i just couldn't i I was so embarrassed i was like oh my god this is terrible i just couldn't believe it and then i remembered Paris Hilton did movies and I couldn't possibly be that bad and so I felt a lot better after that I'd set the bar so low for myself that I couldn't even trip over it with Paris Hilton being just there on the bottom rung and I was like this is great and then I made it through the movie and like I'm some kind of pro I went and did a tv show recently and um it's a spin-off of the movie, actually, and, and new actors came. James, our drummer, actually, got a role in the TV show. And as if I'm some kind of acting connoisseur, I was like, stick with me, chump. I'll show you the ropes. And I'm walking around like I know everything. And I'm like, oh, trust me, when they come and call you and you do your first line, woo, I feel bad for you. Thankfully, I don't go through that stuff anymore, you know. But mm-hmm. um, don't worry about it, man. No one's here to judge you. We're all just here to support you. What a prick. (laughs) Then they called me to my first line, and I was like, what? (laughs) Same thing, and he was looking at me like, I was like, (laughs) The the key is to ask for water, okay? Hey, if you forget your line, just ask for water. You won't even know what you're saying. Remain (laughs)
0: confident regardless. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She also wanted to, know what's the spinoff name? Um, it's called Paradise City. Paradise City. Ashley, there you go.
1: Ashley, thank you for your question. Ben, ben thanks. Have you guys started filming? But Because I was going to ask you after moving from there, like you must have done great because there's a spinoff and now you have a, a, a whole other essentially version of how you're acting. Instead of a film, you're doing this is a show, right? A series. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I've, I've, I've got an agent and stuff too, so I've done loads of auditions wow. and I actually, I got, I, I got a part on a Ballers and then I couldn't do it because of shows. And then I got a part um, in um, a Judd Apatow movie, and I couldn't do that because we went on tour with Papa Roach. So it's hard to juggle the two things, but my biggest problem with it is that they always want an American accent. And I'm like, well, why? Why can't I just speak in my accent? It's not. No one's gonna watch a movie and go, hang on a minute. Why is there an English person in New York City? Why does it matter what my accent is? But they always want an American one, and my my agent was, I, I was like, why? Tell me why. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'll tell you, they get really upset that foreigners are coming in here and taking the jobs <laughs> and actors. and I was like, so if I get the role, do I have to stay American for the entirety of filming so no one hates me? Do I have to talk between sets too in an American accent? And he went, it would probably be for the best. And I was like, oh, so wow. now in all my editions, I just say water over and over again. And over again. Say it again. Say it one more time. Water. Yeah, sell so American. <laughs> <laughs> Obscene. They, I I'm people like English accents. Look, yeah. I, Hugh Grant. Put me in a chick flick. You need an English accent.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, you should be in a lot of chick
2: flicks for sure. I should be in nothing but chick flicks. <laughs> yeah. I. Think. Well, the, the the
1: English
0: accent
2: gives it some levity. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have we have history. We have strong bones.
1: It's intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know the comedian James, I, I think is a caster, a, a caster, a caster? James A. a. Caster. Oh, my God. Hilarious. He's, he's
2: hilarious.
1: I love him. He's like my, one of my all-time favorites of all time. I'm huge into stand-up comedy. Like, he's my thing. He and uh, really? Oh, okay, sick. So that special, not to get nerdy. But for people who don't know and are watching or like practice comedy shit, it's genius. You have to watch it. It's, I believe, on Netflix or something. Uh, it's a three-part special. special Suffer through it because it all makes sense. And that dude, you remind me of him when you, the exact version of what you're talking about. It just kind of I popped in my head like not just the accent, don't, you know, but the idea of how you're able to uh, he's ninja. This. yeah, he's ninja. He's great. Um so, you're doing Paradise City. If you as a shooting or already shot or where you at oh, on yet.
2: Oh, sick. The whole How many episodes? Is it out? I'm, I'm trying to find uh, an episode. Yeah, I think there's eight eight episodes in season one. And I think it was supposed to come out this summer, but then with everything that's happened, um, yeah. it's been pushed back. But um, the cast is insane. Like, I don't belong in that show at all. There's, like, people with golden globes and all kinds of... And then there's me going in there screaming water every 10 seconds. <laughs> what's, what's this guy doing? But um, it's, it's, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was very subpar compared to the rest of the cast, but you know what? Now I get to tell people that I'm friends with all these famous people and it's cool. It's pretty sick.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want one, one last thing before we talk about why we're here, the ship rock experience, I want to ask you about, uh, tune Toon tunes, uh, which I think is genius. When you were talking about how do I connect with my kids? It's all I want to do. And then I, I just immediately thought I saw that and I was like, maybe that's why he's doing it. Cause it's so smart for not only, is it fun? I'm, I'm assuming well, if I was to have a kid, I'd be like, watch what my, watch what daddy does, you know? And then you have this incredible vessel that was actually teach yeah. people of all ages. So well, how did that come up? Is that your idea
2: or what, what, what's up with that? Tell me more about it. Um, just, but I'm a genius. Yeah. I, I uh, that, okay. That's true. That's the answer. So, <laughs> okay. Who I? I, actually, <laughs> I actually think there's a, I actually think there could be a child poking their toes under this door right now. See, we, to change subjects, we told my daughter, they don't, they're terrible. And I think it's because I'm terrible. They don't, they're supposed to go to bed at eight and it will be 1am and they'll still be running around. And my wife's like, can you get them to go to sleep? I'm like, absolutely not. That's why they're still awake. I don't know what's going on. So we've tried this thing tonight where I'm like, well, the birthday fairy is going to come if you go to bed. And my daughter's like, it's not real. I was like, she is. No, I've seen all my presents. You, mummy and daddy, bought them all for me. I was like, "Babe, this one's on you." And now it's—it doesn't. I don't think my wife's handling it very well either because keep seeing <laughs> toes poking through the bottom of the door. Just to- oh, really? Oh, okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> Tiny little toes. <laughs> so, uh, did you guys do a whole episode,
1: like a whole series of this? When we're talking about, I believe it's, it's you guys talking and discussing your record, right? Uh, and how it was created. I only watched want to watch one's episode. I'm going to go. Yeah, deep, I, basically,
2: uh, yeah. So since I was a kid, I've wanted to do a TV, like a t- I've written a TV show, uh, a cartoon one. I love cartoons. I, I absolutely, I just love cartoons. I don't know why I'm a child. Um, but, uh, so I was like, oh man, I really want to do a cartoon show. And it's been something I've worked on for years. And then I watched, uh, speaking of comedy, I, again, I'm a big, uh, stand-up comedy guy ricky gervais is i love ricky gervais he's he's incredible everything he does whether it's his tv shows or energy abroad or his stand-up in particular but years ago he did a podcast um i don't remember what it was called but basically it was ricky gervais uh, and two of his friends talking and podcasts can get really boring really quickly you know if you are just if you've not got the right guest on and Things go stale. Do you know what I mean? They can get. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no. And I think he had a guest on that just wasn't giving him anything, so the podcast was just getting stale. And there's only so long that Rick and Gervais can make jokes and, and get nothing in return. Do you know what I mean? No, mm-hmm. so yeah. he, he animated the guy, and he just drew drew a cartoon, and then he brought his conversation to life. And I was like this is amazing and it was before i think he was really really successful like worldwide successful so it never really got as big as something he would do now and i was like that would be amazing to sit down with the band and again there's different personalities in our band me and danny can go off of each other for ages but then it doesn't let some of the quieter members like sam or or cam get to get to really talk because we'll shout over them because it's what we do uh, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we did it separately and we basically did this and we spoke to each other through the, through Zoom um, and I recorded, recorded all the audio for it and uh, we sent the audio to an animator and said, animate this uh, and see what what it comes up with. And, and it, was, it was based off of that Ricky Gervais thing and it was really good because it allowed, like Cameron, Cameron's quite timid, you know, other guitarists, but it allowed him to come to life. He's timid, but he's funny, but you would never know because he's not loud or, or very animated in real life. And so when they brought him to life as a cartoon, it was amazing. And he, and he has some of my favorite parts of, of the animated series. Like when he's talking about his headphones being all, all janky, it wasn't that funny in the, in this world, but when it was yeah. animated, he had those shitty headphones taped to his head. <laughs> his fingers are going and stuff. I was like, See, Cameron's funny. He really is. But the, the, the cartoon allowed that to come to life. And, and uh, yeah, it just, it just came from there. And it was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah they're, that's they're, so cool. Yeah. And uh, Gervais, as you mentioned,
0: that yeah, should be a, on everyone's a watch list. That's yeah. a, amazing.
2: Uh, I have um, a question
1: about Shiprock.
0: Yeah, let's ask a few of those questions there, Chaddy.
2: Fun, fun fact, Shiprock is the last show we've played.
1: Period. Check. That was one of my boxes. <laughs> uh, so, All right. So, so moving on from that that situation. Fun fact: <laughs> Last show you played. Can I talk about? I like to ask everybody these two things uh, specifically because it was your first Chick Rock, right? Last. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done it like nine times, like in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm a punisher uh, up to myself. I said, my butthole is just a gaping hole. Uh, but I want to ask because I remember this so vividly when you guys pulled up. Or at least got to the to the to the um, to the boat when I mean, you went to the embarking process. What were you thinking? because like, it's such a strange situation. And simultaneously, you're having your own entrance, and then you get in there. Can you walk us through that experience of like from the walking onto walk seeing the boat and then walking on the boat and then being
2: the boat? Two 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 things were going through my head. One my ego was bruised because the night before or a few nights before we'd gotten into town and you know, you go out and strangers talk to you like, Oh, what are you doing in town? It's like, Oh, we're, we're playing. And everyone's like, Oh, you're, you're in a band. I'm like, yeah, I'm in a band. I'm like, Oh, my, my cousin's in a band. Or my, Oh yeah. Oh, my friend was in a band in high school. It's like, oh, yeah. So everyone automatically, when you say you're in a band, everyone's like, Oh yeah, you're in a band. But then when you tell them you're here to play a cruise it's, they're like oh, and I was like oh no, it's not that kind of cruise. Like it's a really cool cruise. Really cool. Band. <laughs> the piano lounge will be bumping. I'm like fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. It's real. It's chip rock. It's a very game with really good, good, successful bands on it, and you can argue with strangers. So that was my experience before it. I was like these idiots. And then when I got there. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I'd never, I'd never done it before, and I was a little bit worried that it was just going to be. And this is, this is a thing. Like, I I was really worried that it was going to be a bunch of drunk people with no boundaries. So I was worried that I wasn't even going to get to enjoy my time on the boat because if someone asks you for an autograph or a picture and you say no, you're a prick. And then they don't like your band anymore. And so and I don't, I don't, I try, I don't say no. I really try not to say no. So And so I was worried. I was like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And people are going to be disrespectful because they, they, some people are. And so these were the things that were going through my head. And then I got on there. And this is something else I've realized as we've gotten older and our fan base has gotten older too. Everyone is super respectful. And I was like, this is awesome. And people would come over to me all the time but they they wouldn't necessarily want a picture or anything. They'd want to talk and have a conversation. They'd be like, "Here's a beer, talk." And I'm like, "Sweet, let's talk." You know, and it would never be stupid conversation like, "What's it like to be a rock star?" or "How much money do you have?" Or it, it would be real because these people are music fans, so it would be music talk. And I would just I ended up like going and sitting at the bar with strangers, and it was I was loving it, and I, I met so many great people. And I heard so many stories from different people. And there was like a family there that really struck a chord with me. Um, I was I was in the casino area, but there was a small stage in, this, in the casino area. And there was a band player. I can't remember what band was playing. I was just there and I was talking to people. They were coming up. I was taking some pictures, having conversation, having a nice time. This family comes up to me and they go, oh, would you mind making a video for our son? He can't be here. He was supposed to be here with us, but he couldn't make it. And I said, of course. Like, why why couldn't he make it? And they said, oh, he's, he's battling cancer right now and i was like fuck like of course i'll make a video and I, I i remember i made the video and this family just really stuck out they were lovely they were so nice and and that was it they were like okay we'll let you get on with your evening you know have a nice time and they actually emailed me um about a week and a half ago now and their son has just passed away um oh, and i was like and they were like you probably don't remember us and I, like, I absolutely 100 percent, do and you know, I spoke to them via email. There's nothing I can do to to help. You know, but it was just. I guess what I'm saying is like you, the community was so nice and everyone was so much fun that I took the time and I actually did engage and and learn people's stories and 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 form real connections with with people. And I had a really good time. You know, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't at all know what to expect, but. Uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was wonderful. And there's people there too. They're like, they're like, yeah, we do this every year. And I'm like every year. And they're like, yeah, this is our holiday. They save up and they do it every year. And I'm like, but we're not on every year. So I didn't really understand, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's really awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, Dude, you know, ben, I get to yeah. I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's fantastic hearing all that because it's exactly what we, 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 we mentioned when we talked to folks about just the, the community there and their music smarts and, they're going to have all your music and they're going to be a fan, but you know, they're also like working a family adults, you know, they they treat you as another adult and it's just yeah. a conversation. And yes, you have your few here and there and that's fine. And Danny, you got to expect that. But hearing you say that really, yeah, this really brings a lot to me, to my heart just to hear that. Cause it's, it's always what we want. We hope that the artist comes away with, it. and you yeah. came away exactly what we, we hope for. So thank you.
2: That yeah, it was awesome. Oh, thank yeah, you great. Was great. Also, that's yeah. the last steak I've had. And because of this stupid fucking pandemic, I went to restaurants. And I will say, I was on a boat, wasn't expecting much from a steakhouse. It was amazing. I went to that steakhouse every night on that boat. There was free food for the artists, which is wonderful. But I went and I went to that steakhouse every night. And I was like, I'm paying. This is great. It was so <laughs> great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, did, it's fantastic. I, did, yeah. I think that's like an art expedition where there's like a nudist pops out in the middle of the table and doves fly in and all that shit. I was like, What's going on? And you're left with a brownie? I
1: <laughs> and a, a sore butthole. No, yeah, always the sore butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, to, to, to like, just really quickly take that, like Justin said, it's incredible to hear you say that uh, as a performer and now the host of the ship, um, The the, the the fans on there are my favorite. You know, I've uh, uh, been on it so many times. I know oh, the story.
2: Hey, what are they called then? Uh, Stephen.
1: Oh. <laughs> who's listen? Jerry for sure. Phoebe. Uh, but uh, the the I, I Phoebe with them all. Phoebe. She's she's dropping in all the time. And we're talking on the phone. I'm like, what's up with your kid? Uh, but uh, but se- <laughs> seriously, these these folks. Like when our my band broke up last year, uh, the end of the year, December, we called it quits and we played this last show and we played it announced it sold out all these tickets. We're like, Oh, great. Somebody cares about us. Fine, You know, that sort of thing. And then I looked at the the ticket listing and I'm like, man, these people are like, like all over the world. What the fuck is going on? And then I looked that day. Cause I can only see the, 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 um, uh, the zip codes or whatever. And I looked that day and in that room, celebrating the demise or whatever you want to call it, the legacy or whatever the fuck you want to call it. This little band's like nucleus that nobody, really should have been that excited about were all these people from that ship that came, that flew in from, from over in Norway, from over in Sweden, from here in the States, Florida, in, back in Detroit, where we, we played in Detroit, everywhere. And these, man, I can't tell you how, like that moment that you had with that, that family and that you were there to remember it for them, how much that definitely meant to them, you know? And it's just, it's just yeah. cool to know that we can share these experiences whether we're here virtually or on a, on a boat together, it never leaves you. It never leaves you. And that's the the thing
2: you get. And that's like, when you do get people just talking shit online to talk shit, that's why I try not to take it to heart because there are things like, like what you're talking about where it's like, they remind you why you do this and you have connections with real connections with people, you know? And it's like, this means a lot to them, which in turn means a lot to me, you know? And so it is it is an incredible thing and I, I do feel incredibly privileged and lucky to to be doing this it is hard you know and it is a lot of work but fuck man tell me one other job that's cooler than this
1: none no well maybe being a stand up comedian but i guess i'll, I'll really never know <laughs> Pretty, pretty, pretty well, the thing too, Ben, is when you
0: guys do get back on the road, you're going to start seeing all those shiprock banners in in the crowd, and you know, there that community will come and follow you because it, it, it plays back to the same thing. It's like you performed and were part of something they love, and now they're going to basically follow you because they're like, you know what? If they're down with what we're
2: into, then we're family now, and they're I going to start following. No matter where we play, they turn up in swimming trunks.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Two in a beach towel. So, uh, but la- to, to, to lastly uh, ask the last part of the two-part question here: Now you're off the ship, right? The, the, the oh, experience yeah. is done. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: oh, can I ask one question real quick? Oh, it was sorry, the first yeah, yeah. question that was posed tonight, and we, I, I, Chad, I know you. We're going to get to your right um Best rock moment for you, other than, the, the, of course, that vid- that lovely video.
2: honestly it's 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 so easy actually to pick it um it was this is going to sound terrible to begin with it was when i got off the boat on one (laughs) on one of the days days off we went to um we stopped somewhere in mexico i can't remember where we stopped actually both stops were incredible but we stopped in mexico and i did one of the exhibitions where you could go to the private uh villa on the beach Mm -hmm. and um Again, I didn't know what to expect, and we got in this van and we drove down these little roads and we got to this villa, and obviously stunning. We're on the beach, there's waiters and waitresses bringing you ice cold beer, and actually, I did get a little bit of shit from the waiter. He didn't really speak much English, and I ordered a wine, and he went, wine? And I was like, yes, wine. You can't speak any English, but you can be facetious. My God, bring me a wine, judgy. Everyone else is drinking beer, and I've got a white wine. But there was there was obviously people from the ship there, and we ended up. i ended up having the best the best time talking. At first, when we got there, it was me and Sam, our bass player, and we kind of put ourselves away, and we had our little beds, um, and we were under a palm tree. It was very romantic. We had a picture taken together, which is still in my living nice. room. Great, yes. Um, and this family was behind us, and I could hear. I could hear the husband going, just leave them alone, they're relaxing. Just I could hear them sort of like bickering quietly. And I turned around, I was like, do, do you guys want a picture? And they said, oh, I'm really sorry, we didn't want to bother you. I said, you did, but you were being polite. And they said, yeah. And so I took a picture, and then we just spent like an hour talking and just having a nice time, nice conversation. I had a wine, everyone else had a beer. And then slowly, one by one, everyone from the ship started coming not everyone on the ship but that was at the exhibition and we were all talking and we ended up a guy came with an acoustic guitar and started serenading all of us and at the end of the night we all stood when it was time to leave and get back on the boat we all took a massive group picture maybe it was a small group maybe like 20 of us 30 of us um but it was awesome we just became one of the attendees of of, of ship rocks you know and it was it was a lot of fun Fantastic. That's great to hear. Hey, we had one last question, Chad, before you get to
0: yours. Uh, this oh, is I something, uh, Henry, uh, Henry's a ship rocker. He want to know, Ben, if you were to go back to your first album and the person you were then and what you
2: know now, what would you tell Ben in 2009? That's a good question. Uh, that's a really good question. It's so hard to to answer that because if, if I actually was given that, ability to go and speak to me, I would really sit down and be like, hey, dickhead, no, you know, like I wouldn't get sucked into drugs. I wouldn't get sucked. Growing up, I was never a big, funny enough, because I'm English, I was never a big drinker or anything. Um, And when the band started getting big, I was kind of made to believe that we had to be this party band. Um, And that's why people loved us. And people just started literally feeding us drugs and alcohol which was never anything, I didn't grow up like that. So, you know, and I really, it was a terrible downward spiral and years wasted partying and doing drugs. And I'm clean now, I, I haven't done drugs. Uh, my daughter was born my wife was like, it's, it's done. Or you're, or I'm taking your daughter and I've, I stopped, you know, and I haven't, I've not been, I've not done it and I'm so much better off for it. So if I really could go back in time, I would sit down and say, look, dickhead, They're full of shit. The music industry is full of shit. You don't need to be on drugs. You don't need to be drunk all the time. You don't need to party. just be yourself and people like that more. But at the same time, I feel like if I didn't do everything that I did do, I wouldn't be where I am now. You know, my daughter wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have met the people I met that took me. So it's hard because I would really want to look at that kid and go, everything you're about to do is shit and you shouldn't do it and you're going to break your mom's heart and your sister's heart a million times over and you're going to end up divorced which you know I'm divorced once and you're going to break her heart it's it's not don't do any of it but at the same time if I don't then I'm not here sat talking to you guys with my kids out there waiting for me you know it's so it's a double-edged sword you know I think sometimes you have to go through a lot of shit and get it over and done with early on at least so that you can learn from it and carry on. Because uh, some people fuck up way later on in life and that's a real yeah. way. Those obstacles are super important and people always want to kind of move this out of the way. There's,
0: there's no smooth ride. So no. I, I think you're right. It's like, hey, you, know, you needed those moments and thank God you're here with us and you're living yeah. a sober life and it's wonderful. It's
2: way so. easy to put weight on when you're not on cocaine all the day. It's, it's terrible actually. It's the one thing I miss about the drug <laughs> yeah, yeah, But <Yeah>. there's running. Well, <laughs> so oh, you know, it's, not, it's cool. <laughs> it's <really> cool. <laughs> you know, like, running when you're wearing an nirvana t-shirt and tiny little skimpy skinny jeans, it just doesn't. It doesn't look good. You look a bit like a poser. Like you don't belong. It's like, hey, listen, fatty. Uh, listen to the Nirvana LPs. You loser. <laughs> What's your favorite song, man? You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Name every song in their gives you a deep cut, too. No one's ever honest. No one ever says it smells like teen spirit. Because yeah. 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 I know that's your favorite song. It's everyone's favorite Nirvana song. Last song on Bleach, man.
0: The last song on Bleach. That was my one. That was my two. <laughs> no, I
1: don't
0: remember, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, was fucked. I was fucked up during that time. It was a great album, I think. Yeah. Man. I, don't,
2: I don't remember song names because they just speak to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Someone mentioned I'm here Jennifer here. says Rock yoga Ben Ben Yoga is your
2: future Hey listen My ex-wife's a yoga instructor And it's really painful um, oh, oh I should I say She actually is But good for her You know She's healthy and I'm fat um, I, th- I should take yoga I've got a terrible back I have the hips Of a 60 year old mm-hmm. Woman that's birthed Five children um, I'm a mess I thought your English Not Irish um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I've As far back as we can find, I'm English, but there might have been a bit of Irish in me at some point. Not oh, in me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I got it. Hey, uh, I wanted,
1: I want to say thanks, man. We. I mean, Justin usually capstones this, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him do this. this I, was, I couldn't help it, man. Half of
0: it's me laughing my ass off. I couldn't. I couldn't like maintain my composure, man.
1: So Ben's like So many questions needed. I didn't get through, but I I, I love. Yeah everything we did to talk to I, We didn't even... see your personality. Man. On, I'll, well, I'll come
2: back. We can do We can do part two.
0: We, oh, hey, listen, yeah. we'd love it, because that would be great, because yeah. then we could actually talk about your music more. But this has been okay, fantastic, music. so...
1: Yeah, can who cares? Do you do sometimes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do it sometimes. You have it, the, um, record,
2: the record's out, though, right now, correct? Yes. You can find it. It is. And you know and, what's crazy, too, is this is such a shit year, and, and we haven't been able to, to tour it, and so I was like, I don't even know what we're what to expect or what to do but like our our monthly listeners on spotify keep going up and the songs are just they're living they're living and breathing without live so which i'm excited about because it never and you know again as a musician you never get the opportunity for songs to live and resonate with people and then go and play them for the first time you're always like normally the like a house on fire tour would be two weeks before the album's even out and you're playing songs and everyone's like What the fuck is this? I'm like, a new song. I didn't want to do the tour right now either, but the label said I had to. Man, your American accent is amazing, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That
0: was great. This is your new. What the fuck? We got this new single, right? This is the single. Do I have it corrected correctly uh, positioned here? Is it House on Fire or
1: like House on Fire? Is yeah. House on Fire the new single? House on Fire <laughs> is, the, is the record. Like House on
2: Fire yeah. is the record, the new single is House right. on Fire on this record. The new single, I think, that just started, we were the first single was anti-socialist. I think, mm. I think the, this is how professional I am. I think the new single starts, uh, uh, we service it this week. I think it's They Don't Want What We Want, which, by the way, for anyone that hasn't heard it, go listen to it, and if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. That song was supposed to be called Panic, and there were some people in our label that were like, it can't be called Panic. So now it's called, they don't want what we want, and they don't care. And no one, including the band, can say that. So it will forever be called Panic. So whenever we're on stage finally, and we say, this next song is called Panic. Don't be confused. Well, what was the issue they had with Panic? What's... I, 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 Sorry, I thought I had the whole playlist I, here. The life of me could not tell you. I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe well, it wasn't folks, artsy enough, but it's. <laughs> it wasn't what? It wasn't artsy enough, I don't think. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't
0: wordy enough. Yeah. Um, listen, everyone, please go out and check out Asking Alexander's new album, Like a House on Fire. You can find it on all the uh, streaming services, but you know what? Do yourself one better. Go find it on vinyl and buy it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It. Asking, like,
2: it's at I think that's our website. <sighs> Let's be honest. please is is a website outdated uh no does anyone anyone, is it not
1: do people use websites still it's only good for the hyperlink now it's like a link tree right you only really want it to go go
2: you go askalexandria.com and it goes instagram (laughs)
0: twitter (laughs) Uh. yeah yeah i think if they just want to buy apparel or something like that that's that's what it's good for it's more of a shop these days instead of news they'll get on twitter or whatever they're not going to find that you know on your website I, that's what I'm going
1: to I'm going to change our on your Commodore 64 <laughs> yeah.
2: geocities.com backslash a bunch of numbers I remember back when I was a kid websites were the shit I remember Slipknot I remember they, they, it was Slipknot1.com was Slipknot's website and I remember I used to go on there every day to see what crazy shit was going to happen next and it would just be like an S going Whoa. And I'd watch it for hours just in case something happened but I think back then it probably cost too much and that was all it did forever <laughs> well I, I think they've got to incentivize
0: and say hey look you come and subscribe to our website you get a free unreleased track they've got to make they've got to give you
2: something for something yeah but then you have to get permission from the record label to give people a free unreleased damn track damn it and then they I won't know, get right? that cut Justin <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know wait. Works there's right, money. Sorry. There's
2: there's money to be made here. Not for the
0: artists. <laughs> no, of course. It's just like,
1: yeah,
0: let's just take all yours. Everyone, good else. job, kid. Yeah, good job, that. kid. Get out uh, there and go, go away. play some shows. They love you. <laughs> Listen, Ben. You've got to. for <laughs> Dad. Ben, you've got to put your girls to bed. We've kept you way past the time we usually keep people, but this has been so entertaining. I don't think Chad and I would argue. But <laughs> well, this has you been know, great. It's amazing. That's right. You're awesome. awesome. Yeah. Right. And uh, listen, we'll definitely schedule to get back for part two. We really would like to kind of delve more into your creative side I'd and things like that. But this has been great. So um hey, I hope you guys laughed as much as we did. Yeah. This has been fantastic. Ben Bruce from Asking Alexander, everyone, thank you so much for your time, Ben. It's been amazing.
2: Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's Seriously, been man. a lot
1: of fun. Uh, I want to get an update on how that uh South Carolina ball sweat is, and if you. Uh, in a few weeks maybe we we'll can t- touch base I no, know, actually, I, physically
2: I'll let you know I'll have a cup and I'll just hold it up and see how much water it is in it It was good to yeah. see you
1: man and yeah, uh, yeah. Good, good congratulations work. on everything
0: man thank killer you.
2: record
0: yeah. 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 fantastic and again thank you for killing it on Shiprock 2020 man we really appreciate it and I know the Rockers had a blast oh yeah so. I'm glad thanks sir have a great evening have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you guys next week